0: Italian Wine Podcast, Chin Chin with Italian Wine People.
1: Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with Monty Walden. My guest today is Jeanette, or Jeanette?
0: Jeanette.
1: Jeanette Servidio, and you're the CEO of Campo alle Comete, which is a winery in the Bolgheri region on the Tuscan coast on the Tuscan
0: coast, uh, a quite new project. Uh, Campo Comete means uh, field of comets. And we found this uh, very nice and evocative uh, uh, name for the winery in history books in Bulgari. And it was uh, so nice sounding that we uh, decided to take this name for the winery.
1: You talk about the so the field of comets. Yes. So when you talk about medieval literature, what, do you, what the, it was a place that you could see comets from, or comets landed there, or
0: we presume that something fell down from the heaven at a certain point. Okay. It's an ancient uh, toponym of the of the region which you cannot find any longer on the maps, but in the
1: history books. So a toponym just means a name. With a... the toponym is a place or an area with a with a special historical name, and they are strictly controlled in Italy. If you're going to use the name of a place, it has to be registered on the Catastro which is the land registry and obviously in this case it is so you are allowed to use the name so now who owns the the winery is it you
0: It's not me. Um, The property is Feodi di San Gregorio, that's the Capaldo family from Campania. Mm. And effectively it's the very first uh, southern winery uh, investing in the north.
1: So normally it's the other way around, isn't it? It's normally Tuscans with lots of money. Absolutely. Uh, It is the world's oldest bank and they go down and they buy lots of, um, go down to Sicily and Campania and places like that. At this time the tables are turned
0: turned around, uh, this because Feder di San Gregorio producing mainly white wines in Campania uh, they were looking for several years in order to buy something in an um, important red wine region, and so when uh, this uh, project came up uh, in Bulgaria, uh, Antonio Capaldo was very very proud to, uh, to buy this winery So that was in
1: 2016? 2016.
0: 2016 in February and it was an existing winery uh, from uh, the family Guicciardini-Strozzi, who uh,
1: have vineyards in in San Gimignano, yeah?
0: Yes, right, in, in uh, San Gimignano and they made the investment in Bolgheri at the beginning of the 90s. Effectively, the vineyards have uh, been planted between uh, 93 and 2007.
1: So you've got nice mature vines?
0: Yes, absolutely. The, everything is in uh, in uh, full production so we are very lucky because besides uh, these 15 hectares which have been planted in uh, in former times, uh, we have also a, a completely good working, functional uh, Wine facility. Uh, and so from the beginning, we were able uh, to start with the production.
1: So what have you changed since then?
0: We changed uh, first the outfit of the winery because uh, uh, Richardini Strozzi built up the wine cellar, but they didn't have uh, the uh, financial opportunity in order to give uh, a nice outfit. So the outfit is uh, very close to the image of, uh, of Ferdi di San Gregorio with a lot of corten. Corten, what's that? Uh, corten is uh, it's, uh, iron. Which is uh, has a color of ruggine. yeah, I rusty color. rusty. Yes.
1: We do it for the fermentation tanks, no. Uh,
0: no, the fermentation tanks we had already everything uh, in steel tanks. So you're talking uh, about the
1: the external. external. Okay. yes,
0: right. And we uh, completely renewed the, the villa where we can host people in order to make tastings, lunches, and so on. And then, obviously, also the vineyard management. We involved uh, a new um, technical, a new analogist uh, and agronomist who is taking care of our
1: winery. What have been the main changes in the vineyard? in terms of pruning or ploughing or just general management? Any big changes? The Did you take out any vineyards as well? Uh, Were any vineyards that weren't on the right rootstock stop that you replanted or...?
0: we we haven't replanted right now uh, there is a project to to pull out uh, three hectares of merlot in order to plant it in a different uh, area where we are renting right now in a higher place
1: Cooler area,
0: very good area and uh, replanting then in this place where the merlot is right now uh, some whites like the vermentino and we already changed the destination of uh, alicante which it's not very interesting for, my, uh, for myself and for my idea of the wines of Bulgari. We uh, changed it into Cabernet Sauvignon.
1: So it, when you say Alicante, do you mean Alicante Boucher the Tanturier or do you mean Alicante, the old name for Grenache?
0: No, no, Alicante, uh, the, the first one. The Tanturier, the, the yeah.
1: red uh, the grape that produces rather than the clean pulp, a red pulp. Yes. And well, you're replanting the Alicante with?
0: No, uh, we... we
1: uh, what, what will you replace it with?
0: Yes, we replace it with Cabernet
1: Sauvignon. Okay. Mm. So, you know, when we think Bulgari, we think it's um, it's a little bit of Bordeaux almost on the Tuscan coast. Is that right?
0: Bulgari is uh, called, the a so-called Medoc of uh, Italy. And here, effectively, the best growing grape varietals are the Bordeaux grape varietals. Why do
1: they succeed there? What makes it special?
0: The soil conditions are very, very similar to Bordeaux but not so distinctive, uh, separated like in Bordeaux. In Bordeaux we have the left hand, uh, the left bank of the river and the right bank of the river. So, left and bank mainly
1: Cabernet, right bank mainly Merlot.
0: Yes, right. And in Bulgari we have the same uh, or very similar soil conditions which are splitted uh, all over the territory and uh, effectively in Chisa de la Roqueta when he married into this uh, uh, territory in, uh, during the Second World War. Sassicaia family? Yeah, Sasikaya family, you are very well prepared. He saw the very similar condition and introduced for the first time in '44 the Cabernet uh, in in Bulgari. And uh, nowadays, for the disciplinary of Bulgaria, the three main grape varietals are Cabernet Sauvignon where we have 40% uh, f- of the whole territory planted with. Then we have Merlot and we have Cabernet Franc.
1: So the next question, obviously the Tuscan coast is, that part of the Tuscan coast is touristy, but it does tend to attract tourists that are well-to-do, shall we say, that like fine dining and they like fine wine. When Fiudidi di decided to buy this, was there one eye on also making this a destination for tourists? Is there, do you have like a fancy restaurant? Can people come and buy the wine direct? Do they get a cellar tour? Do they get a five-star treatment, you know, massage? <laughs> (laughs) I mean, is that that what the idea was?
0: The idea was for sure to have something in a very, very important wine region like Bulgari, where everybody nowadays would like to be. Uh, it's a blue
1: chip. When you say, yeah, it's an exclusive region. Yeah. It's a
0: very exclusive region and very important winemakers like uh, Angelo Gaia came into, uh, Allegrini, uh, and a lot of other producers from all over uh, Italy. So for, for Ferdini San Gregorio, it was a place and it was a potential. Uh, uh, obviously, we are doing also we have a wine shop in our winery. Unfortunately, uh, actually we don't have rooms in order to host uh, people, but we are. Our our doors are open in order that everybody can come in uh, with an appointment. Then we take a lot of time in order to, to feel people uh, comfortable and to learn about Bulgaria uh, Without an appointment, you can stop by, in any case, six days a week uh, in order to taste our our wines at a wine shop and to make a, a brief uh, cellar tour inside the, the winery and buy also some wines if you like them.
1: So what is the communication like in Bulgaria Because I, I spent a lot of time in Brunello land in Montalcino and there are about 200. 150 producers, hundred and fifty So it's quite a big herd of animals that you have to corral every day into the barn to try and get them together to talk, which isn't always easy. Uh, in Bulgaria, it's a little bit, um, it's even more exclusive, we could say, and you've got a smaller, it's a smaller pack, a smaller herd. How, how well do you guys get on with each other? I mean, obviously you're promoting it as a five star area, luxury accommodation, five star dining, premium price, super premium price wines in the main. How do you, how do you make sure everybody's on the same page?
0: Bulgari is too expensive and too small in order not to be on the same page. So uh, effectively, we have fifty producers on the on the territory of this fifty producers. Forty are into the, in uh, the consortium of Bolgari and we are working really very very close together in order that everybody is uh, keeping very high the uh, quality standard and the image of Bulgari, because uh, uh, the whole um, planted vineyards are. 1,300 hectares. It's quite small. Very small. It's half of Brunello uh, area, and so uh, we are promoting Bolgheri all together because we are neighbors, we are friends, we are not competitors because everybody has their own personal style and their own personal uh, soil condition and terroir. So we really don't feel competitors. So we are very friendly each other in order to figure out and to work out Bolgheri because effectively, Bulgari is not so well-known, even if the most well-known wines of Italy are coming from uh, Bulgari, like Ornellaia and Sassicaia, which made uh, uh, Italian wines well-known all over the world. Yeah, it
1: gave them a, a stamp on the international market, didn't it, of super premiumization and aspirational, um, aspirational red wines, which kind of pulled other regions um, into the not saying the twentieth century, but pulled other Italian regions um, to aspire to reach those uh, those heights. Yeah, absolutely. Yes,
0: and to make uh, Italian wine uh, uh, known as quality wines on the, on the international market, based on the quality we can have in Bulgaria. Obviously, then other uh, producers came in and uh, would like to be on this uh, territory in
1: order to show what
0: uh, what can be can be done here.
1: Okay. Final question: Just the main market. I mean, well, how much do you sell? you sell from the winery? If I drive in and make an appointment, can I yes. buy from the wine? So r- roughly what percentage of sales are direct from the winery?
0: You know, actually it's uh, quite small because we started only <laughs> a year ago in order to market our wines, but uh, I think in the future, because Bulgaria is very attractive and the, the tourism uh, is high-level tourism, we can uh, sell up to 10% of our, our, of our production in inside the, the winery. This is a very realistic a preview. Actually, obviously, we have to work in order to, to arrive to this.
1: Yeah, I mean, 10% doesn't sound a lot, but it is actually quite high for direct sales um, for uh, the winery. In in in, in, in Europe, this level. in
0: Italy, uh, yes, because uh, you know, in in America or in in other countries, in in Australia, the distribution is completely different. So uh, maybe for uh, in America, you can also uh, sell 50% of your production in the winery, but in Italy, uh, uh, 10% is quite a good number of, of sales because, you know, we are we, are, we are having more than 100 uh, sales reps in Italy selling our wines directly to, to restaurants and shops. So these are obviously very, very uh, strong on the market. Yeah, it's funny you
1: mentioned California. One of my early jobs in wine was working for California Wine. I was the little guy in the wine shop and on Saturdays... Um, Obviously, Americans mainly would come in and ask to taste the wine. So I got a good experience of, um, of working in a winery wine shop. And um, and it's, what I did learn is the wines that I often like, people wouldn't like, but the wines I didn't like so much, they would buy. So what it teach, taught me was um, everybody's taste is different and nobody's taste is, is right. Yes. If you like it.
0: I absolutely agree with do you.
1: you. you get, do you think i get a job? Well, I need to smarten up a bit. I'm, not, I'm a bit scruffy today.
0: <laughs> you have our our colours, so I think... The blue, I, yeah. But
1: no jeans, I guess, yeah? No. <laughs>
0: it's not necessary. <laughs>
1: Thai? No. Oh, We're okay. not so
0: formal. Uh, you know, wine business, in the meantime, is not any longer a business only for, for high-level and only occasional drinking. It's uh, everyday drinking and so enjoying, and it makes uh, the day becoming more beautiful and uh, more interesting. So, uh, Thai and uh, and so on, is not any longer necessary in, in the wine business. Okay, well,
1: I'll stick an application in the post to you, uh, seeing as you're the CEO of Campo alle Comette, Jeanette Servidio, which is a lovely French-Italian mix.
0: It's uh, a lovely French-Italian mix in the name, uh, but in reality it's a lovely uh, <laughs> German-Italian mix because my mother is German, my father is Italian.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, Jeanette, thanks very much what for telling it? us about Campo and in, in particular about um, what's going on in Bulgaria right now. A uh, new project, um, I think a very exciting project, Antonio Caldo is a very dynamic young man and uh, you're going to do some great stuff, uh, both for your company in particular and Italian wine in general, I guess, because you make a lot of noise, but what you—the noise that you make—is always nice to listen to.
0: Thank you uh, for for taking the time to talk with me. Uh, the our uh, project for sure is ambitious, and we will uh, for sure be a new upcoming star in the in the Tuscan. And oh, Bulgari- upcoming
1: star! <laughs> the comet—we got it. It's that's the synchronicity that we're getting in the idea. That's fantastic. You know uh, that's that's great you should if you listen if they fire you could write scripts for movies or something like that it'd be great it'd be fantastic I <laughs> just want to say thanks very much again to Jeanette Servidio uh, CEO of Campo Alle Comete in Bulgaria on the Tuscan coast great to talk to you very very entertaining and I uh, look forward to seeing you in the Maremma
0: in the Maremma you and everybody else who would like to oh I wouldn't invite
1: the crew here they'd be drinking they'd <laughs> empty the whole wine shop in the cellar within about three seconds okay then only you okay nice to meet you
0: bye bye thank a lot. you Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.